the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Your Discipleship Coach with Michael Smith. Each week, Michael uses his coaching expertise to encourage you to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. Michael is a professional certified leadership, business, and life coach, serving as president of Professional Coach University, executive director of New Normal Coaching, and the lead pastor at Northwest Church. To learn more, visit yourdiscipleshipcoach.com, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. Here's Michael. Well, thank you for tuning in today to Your Discipleship Coach, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. It's always a pleasure to be a part of your day, and I am your host. I'm here to encourage you to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. Today, I'm going to spend the entire episode with you, and we're going to talk about a topic that we all can dialogue about as believers and followers of Christ, or maybe you're interested in Christ. And here's the topic. It's the topic of faith. There's a famous story, I don't know if you'll know this name, Charles Blondin. But Charles Blondin became famous in the year 1859. And he was famous because he set a quarter mile tightrope across the span of Niagara Falls. It was about 160 feet above the falls and it crossed from the U.S. side to the Canadian side. Now Charles Blondin walked across this tightrope 160 feet above the falls several times back and forth. What's unique is he became creative as he began to cross back and forth as the crowds gathered and watched and cheered him on. One of the times he crossed while in a sack. Another time, this is amazing to me, he crossed this tightrope across Niagara Falls while walking on stilts. You can read about him. His name is Charles Blondin. Another time, he even took a bicycle across this tightrope and he crossed the, the spanned a tightrope across the falls. He even, one time, this is the funniest thing, he took some sort of little stove and he cooked himself an omelet while he crossed Niagara Falls. But on July 15th, Charles Blondin walked backwards across this tightrope to Canada. And when he returned, he returned pushing a wheelbarrow. Yeah, that's right, a wheelbarrow. Now, this idea of pushing a wheelbarrow across Niagara Falls, it interests me. See, he did this, and then and then he, after he pushed it across, he did so blindfolded. Now, I want you to picture the audience, 1859, cheering him on, watching this happen. And then uh, he, he said, so how many of you believe that I could do this again? Walk across uh, this tightrope pushing a wheelbarrow. The crowd cheered. And he, then he began to ask for some participation. He actually said, how many of you think I could, I could make this walk across, across this tightrope with someone inside the wheelbarrow? And the crowds erupted. And then he did this. He said, who will get in the wheelbarrow and let me push them across? And would you know that no one volunteered to get in the wheelbarrow? 
Well, I think about this idea of faith. Faith is a combination of both belief and action. See, James chapter 2 records that faith without action, without works, without deeds, is dead. Faith is belief and complete trust in God, and, and you act on it. So how can we develop a type of belief, a type of trust in our God that gives us assurance to get in the proverbial wheelbarrow that God is asking us to get in? And so I want to say today as we talk about faith, that faith is not developed through reading books or listening to podcasts or even attending classes in a Bible college. Faith. Faith is an evoked trust in God. Oftentimes, faith is evoked through trials that we face. There's a famous passage about this that James writes in chapter 1 of his book, James. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any, time, any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Now, this is interesting to me. We're talking about faith in today's episode, which is evoked. It's an evoked trust in God that oftentimes comes through trials. These trials that we face in our life develop in a way that gives an opportunity for us to endure through a tough time, through a difficult time. Sometimes when we face trials, our prayer is, Lord, deliver me from the trial. Take away all the negative. Maybe we should consider praying, Lord, give me the faith and endurance to walk with you through this trial. Because here's what's on the other side, according to James. The other side is a completeness, a a spiritual maturity that comes from enduring the difficulty of a trial. See, faith is to believe to the extent that we have complete trust in God and a, a complete reliance on God. Faith is, is being the person that gets in the wheelbarrow. See, this is the person that gets in and allows all of their confidence and trust to rest in God rather than in themselves. Now, I have this story that I want to share with you about my life. There was a time that, that we were pastoring uh, at a church, and uh, we were on staff. We were staff pastors, my wife and I. And through the church, we had an insurance policy, our health insurance, that, that came from the, the uh, collection of churches in our state. And so we had this policy. And in this season in our lives, we uh, were expecting a baby. My wife was pregnant. Now, the, the state and where we served switched their insurance companies. So everybody who was pastoring in our fellowship at the time switched insurance companies. Now, through that, they were accepting what they called pre-existing conditions because they were taking everybody in. But lo and behold, they canceled our policy because we were expecting a baby. We lost our insurance. And we began to pray that God would provide. Uh, we, we didn't have the money to pay for a, a delivery. Uh, but in this time, we prayed. We were youth pastors, and we had a prayer meeting every Tuesday night. We would pray every Tuesday night a prayer of faith 
that God would provide for us, even though we didn't have insurance. One young man one time was said to me, I, I cannot believe, Pastor Mike, the amount of faith that you have that God's going to provide for you. And as you listen in today, that sounds so great, but when I, I thought this, if he could only see me in my home with a little more desperation in my voice and a little more worry in my voice. But the truth is, is I, I did have faith. I had belief that God would take care of me in my circumstance and he would supply my needs. And, and you might have the question, how in the world could you have a faith like, like that, that God could just carry you through? Like, weren't you worried? And I'll say this, that I was able to exercise faith to the point that someone else noticed because I had learned from a previous trial that God's promises are true. Back when I was in college, I was making payments for my, my college bill at the amount of $800 per month which back in the 90s, that was a really high payment for a college student to be making. And there's a particular month I had $300 in my pocket and my bill was due. And when you made these payments, it was an interest-free payment. I paid $40 to get in this payment plan. But if I was late, I would start to incur interest and penalties. And I didn't want to be late. Well, would you believe that I just gave it to God? I prayed. And, 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 and as I was waiting, I was short of money. Someone said to me these words, Mike, Maybe this is God's way of saying to you that you're not supposed to be here in Bible college. Well, at that time, I thought, my goodness, I don't care if I pay late fees for the rest of my life, God has called me here. And would you believe that by trusting God and praying, there's one time in my college career that I received a check from a church that was not even my home church for almost the exact amount of my bill. I was a few dollars shy of paying the bill, so I literally went into the hallway and took an offering with other college students, and I paid my bill. And, and that was a big trial for me. Would I trust God to provide for my need? And, and I endured through the pain of that, and, and that brought a maturity in my life. I learned this, that things do not satisfy. Only God satisfies. You know, I can learn that accomplishing things does not satisfy. Only God satisfies. In fact, today, you might be facing a struggle, and I want to tell you that a problem-free life does not bring satisfaction. Only, only a relationship with God brings satisfaction. So this evoking of a trust and a reliance on God brings about a life where we can be at peace, even during the storms of our life. The lack of trouble is not peace. Jesus Jesus is our peace. There's a verse from Hebrews that says this, without faith, it is impossible to please God, to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must, listen to this, believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. To believe that God exists means that we understand that God is relational. We know that, that he's there and that we can know him and we allow him to know us. We recognize that. But in addition to knowing God, not only is God relational, but he is responsive to our prayers. When, when we have faith, he rewards those who seek him. So we're talking in this show about faith. And in the second half of the show, we're going to look at a Bible character and the example of faith that he displayed. So I want you to hang in here. In just a minute, we're going to take a break. And in the second half of the show, we're actually going to look at the life of Noah and how he practiced his faith. So remember, without faith, it is impossible to please God. For whoever would draw 
near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Hey, thanks for listening to the front end of this show. Get ready for the second half. You're listening now on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Thank you for staying tuned in to Your Discipleship Coach, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. Again, I'm your host, Michael Smith, and I'm here to encourage you to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. In this show, we've been talking about faith. You've heard a couple of stories, and now I want to turn our attention to a biblical example of faith, and we're going to take a glance, just peer a little bit into the life of Noah. So let's listen in to this story. In Genesis chapter 6, verse 9, these words are recorded. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation. Noah walked with God. Three statements, a righteous man, blameless, and he walked with God. I think about what this word righteous means. And as you explore what this word means, it means that Noah had an innocence in his life. So this is so powerful today. What this would mean today would be that Noah would not be subject to the cultural behaviors of the world. There's a phrase that I use oftentimes in my life, and here's the two-word phrase, deliberate naivety. I choose to be naive to certain things of the world because I want to be innocent in my pursuit of righteousness, being like God. And this was what Noah's behavior was. But further, Noah was not just innocent in his righteousness. He was devout, which meant he was fully committed to what we would describe as biblical behavior. Noah Noah was devoted to knowing God and practicing uh, biblical truth. He was righteous. In addition to being righteous, we, we heard that he was blameless in his generation, which this this word blameless means he was without fault. Now, I want us to understand it doesn't mean that Noah was perfect, but he was not littered with fault in his life, which meant by character Noah was honest and he was free from stains and blemish. He was not described as a dishonest man, but an honest man, not as as a man filled with stains and blemishes and sin, but a a righteous man, blameless, in front of his whole generation. And I love this description about Noah, is that he walked with God. There's a very simple way to think about that. Noah was simply together with God. He was beside God. So today, as we talk about faith, I want us to think about the fact that Noah was righteous, blameless, and he walked with God. I broke this down into words that are a little different, and I describe it like this. Noah was innocent, pure, and in step with God. So here's a question for you as you think about being righteous and being a man or a woman of faith. You can ask yourself, how can I become or remain innocent in the eyes of God? How can I be pure even to the point that the whole generation around me me knows it? 
How can I be in step with God? There's a little coaching tip I want to give you. I call it could, should, will. And you can ask yourself, what could I do to be more like God? You can make a whole list of things that you could do. But then you take it, should. What should I do to be more like God? But then you put it into action. Could, should, will. What will I do to be more like God? Or to even follow the example of Noah. So we heard this little introduction from Genesis about Noah. I want to jump all the way to the New Testament, Hebrews chapter 11. I'll read verse 7. It's about Noah. By faith, Noah, being warned of God, excuse me, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this, he condemned the world and became an heir of righteousness that comes by faith. Three thoughts about Noah in this passage. Number one is he had what we call reverent fear. Noah had this holy regard for God. And this description strikes me. You know, in our world today, there are, there, you're aware of this probably, there are, are police officers who abuse their authority. And, and this is part of what can even foster blatant disregard or lack of respect for police officers. It's kind of a two-way street. I just watched a clip on the news of, of police actually being attacked by residents. They were hitting them, shooting actually guns at them, throwing fireworks at them, attacking their cars. And I think of this disregard to authority. And, and I know not every police officer is perfect, but they're, they're authority figures in our culture. But as I think of that story, it's in similar fashion that people have, have kept their, their, their eye on circumstances or, or, or in our own humanity, hum, humanity we're selfish and we, we have a, a lost regard for Jesus. Not, not a lost regard for police, but, but for Jesus. We, we look at life through the lens of ourselves and we don't even regard Jesus as the Son of God. We don't even identify the power that's in the Bible that talks about the fact that Jesus was crucified. You know, many people today, are they completely disregard the presence of Christ and the presence of biblical truth. They have no regard for it. In Noah's day, this was the culture. People disregarded the things of God. They dishonored the Lord. But Noah, Noah maintained a holy regard. So you might think, Life is difficult today. You might think that everybody's walking away from God. Maybe I can cave to the, the pressure as well. But do what Noah did. Maintain a holy regard for the presence of God. Trust God. Trust his ways. Worship and respect God. So Noah had reverent fear. He also, secondly, responded to God. See, even before the rains came, Noah built an ark. You know, I, I often thought, what if God asked me to build this ark? If, if I was Noah in Noah's day, it's possible that I only would have prayed that the rain wouldn't come. <laughs> I, I may have built a shelter on a high mountain for my family, but to think about building a floating house for my family and all of these animals, that seems a bit far-fetched. But Noah did not operate by human reason. He actually obediently built an ark. So my question for you today is, what is God saying to you? And are you obediently responding to God? So we learn from Noah to have holy fear, reverent fear. We learn to respond to God. And lastly, we, 
we learn to be righteous. I can describe righteous as not worldly. See, Noah's obedient response was to build an ark. And, and as a result of his, his righteousness and obedience, his whole family was saved. This act of faith, not a belief, but the act of, of building an ark and working for years to do so, distinguished him from unrighteous people. And he was identified as righteous. It was through Noah's action, through Noah's implementation of his belief in God and trust in God, Noah was identified as righteous. He was righteous. He was rewarded for his righteousness. Why? Because of faith. So as you're listening today on the show about faith, I want us to just sort of put a icing on the cake here today as we just introduce this idea. Faith is an evoked trust in God. It's stirred up, oftentimes by a command like Noah to build an ark, or a trial in our life that we talked about in the front end of the show. Faith is to believe to the extent that we give complete trust and reliance to God. Faith is also knowing God in a relational way. We talked about that, Hebrews eleven six 6, that, that, that there's a relationship. But it's also knowing that God responds to those who seek him. God is relational, and God is responsive. And this is faith. Faith is experiencing the benefits of trusting God. This is faith. Faith is complete trust and reliance on God. As you listen today, I want you to look differently at the trials of your life. Don't just hope that your trials go away. What I want you to do, and I encourage you, is to let God evoke a faith and a trust in your life. As a professional coach, I coach people to advance forward in their life. But as a discipleship coach, this is how I can help you, is to help you discover God's uh, presence in your life and to recognize what God is evoking inside of you. If you're interested in coaching or just how this works, I encourage you to visit yourdiscipleshipcoach.com. On that site, you'll see a free coaching readiness questionnaire. On that questionnaire, you could fill out a few questions and I'll reply right back to you and share with you your readiness for coaching. And what I want to do is, is partner with, with you to achieve all that God has designed you to be. I want you to respond to God's voice. I want to be your partner. I hope you're enjoying this show today as we talk about faith. And I encourage you to share this show with others. Share this episode with others. You might be listening to the radio right now. Let them know when we're on every week. Or if you're listening to this podcast, share this podcast with those in your network. And let's see faith be raised up in people's life. I thank you. I thank you for being a, list, a great listening audience. I thank you for your emails. I thank you for following the show, for emailing me, for sharing this show with others. I am your discipleship coach, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. And let me remind you today that I am for you. Not only I, but God is for you. And if God is for you, who could be against you? Thanks for listening to the show today on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life.
Thank you for listening today to Your Discipleship Coach with Michael Smith. We hope you feel encouraged to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. Be sure to follow Michael and Your Discipleship Coach on social media. You'll find the links at yourdiscipleshipcoach.com. And while you're there, you can click the Give Now button to support this show and to provide scholarships to pastors and Christian leaders to receive coaching. To learn more, visit yourdiscipleshipcoach.com. That's yourdiscipleshipcoach.com. Partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.